Hi everybody, welcome to episode 32 of Spoken Word with Electronics. I think I'm getting back to normal this week. I, uh, I have to admit, I'm still feeling a little crazy in my head. And maybe you've been experiencing similar feelings. To be honest, I, I don't know where the last 10 days went. <laughs> uh, I tend to react to stress and crisis after something is resolved. So today or this week has been about catching up with the missing 10 days of my life that have uh, occurred, mostly really from the days or two before the election leading towards after. And so about 10 days or so of uh, lost stability. And I find those moments where our brain will sort of take us offline to be somewhat fascinating, you know. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing. I, I uh, have every reason to be happy. <laughs> uh, you know, um, and we might even get the Senate if you uh, believe in fairy tales. But the way my body reacts to stress, however, has been to respond after the fact. So I think I was very calm for four years. But I've held it together for four years, you know? It wasn't until this last week that I think I've started to unravel a touch. And that's, it, to me, very interesting. Sort of seeing the way your body responds to something is a good way to predict future crisis management and all that. But I just wanted to say I've been elated and happy and totally dismantled and weird. <laughs> It's been good that I've been sheltering in place, I suppose. Uh, my social interactions have been uh, limited to my wife and my cat. And anybody I need to interact with uh, on work uh, on a video camera. But that does sort of keep me under control a little bit. A video camera uh, makes you self-conscious enough. But I've been doing some weird stuff this week. I don't know about you. I can't sing. I, and I've been singing a lot been making up songs about uh, cheese and rice and anything in my uh, purview in front of me. I uh, read an entire chapter of a book and completely did not pay attention while I was reading the pages. <laughs> got through the entire chapter and was like, what the fuck happened? And I had to go back and didn't re recognize or remember a single sentence. I mechanically read through uh, about 25 pages of words there. I've been deeply friendly and deeply happy and deeply connected and also just deeply decompressing. It is peculiar to think about Trump as an abuser and have it not be a hysterical comment. Like, he's an abuser. You know, somebody says that to make him sound mean, but he has really abused us for four years, everyone. Even the last week or so since he has been uh, dethroned in his eyes, uh, he's been a piece of shit crybaby. I mean, the entire reputation of being a world leader is right now heavily in question. He's such a grenade on the idea of being a powerful world leader. Trump already made rich people look stupid. He already made uh, real estate tycoons look unglamorous and tacky with all that gold and everything. And now he has taken uh, one of our loftiest uh, narcissistic ambitions to rule and plunder a uh, country and he's made them look like stupid babies 
and he's acting like a stupid baby. <laughs> what a grenade, man. You know, he's probably wearing a diaper. Very, very, very high chance he's at, he's post the Depends age and has been wearing a diaper and just shitting and pissing his pants the whole time he's been acting this way. I guess if the, the suit matches the mood, you know. But him uh, being on the way out, I have just, holy shit, I don't even know what I've done with the last week of my life. Which is very, very funny. The reason why I know this is the way that I've been reacting also is because this is how I react in, in deep moments of being threatened. I just haven't had to be on guard for four total fucking years. Uh, speak to a therapist uh, through uh, camera every week. It's uh, wonderful. Really cool guy. Saved my life. I uh, advocate therapy. It's uh, very effective. But I was uh, worried the day before the election, and he suggested a pretty good operating concept about how uh, the president of the United States is never a direct threat. He goes, it's not like the, the president ever calls you on the phone. <laughs> you know, you're, uh, you're not in one-to-one -one with the guy. There, there was uh, reasons why he made that suggestion, if you think that that's a ridiculous thing to say, but it, it totally fit in the way that we talked about how I perceive trouble. So I agreed with him. I'm like, yeah, it's not like Trump is out to get me, but it still had me so worried that he was going to get a second term. And even at that point, I was fine, though. I was anticipating Trump getting reelected, something dirty happening, something weird. So even on the day of the election, I think I was ready to accept the abuse continuing. <laughs> and uh, that's a really weird kind of Stockhouse syndrome or whatever. That's a really weird place of mind to be. Stockholm syndrome, I mean. I don't know, uh, Stockhouse. That might be like Stockholm syndrome, Bauhaus music. But <laughs> it's trying to keep this light. So this week has been part of just realizing, holy shit, not only was he that worst president ever and that asshole and everything, but he actually had an abusive grip on our collective psyche. He's a very abusive guy. So I don't really want to talk more about Trump. I will say that uh, just the decompression aspect, you know, I probably have to talk about Trump. Who can't? I mean, what the fuck has he been doing with the Pentagon and all that? And no longer caring now that he's lost he does he get he gives such a little shit about the job that he's got 10 more weeks to do it and he just fuck it you know uh regarding covid regarding other things he's uh quite a fire starter so i can talk about like decompression and the reason why i'm curious about our decompression is because the longer the event the longer it takes for me to get over it but i can think of really quick recoveries uh for whatever reason, I've encountered a lot of crazy people in my life. If you if, if you play the video game called Me, you you know like it's a, a Grand Theft Auto type uh, landscape. You'll encounter a lot of crazy fucking people. I get along with crazy people really well, <laughs> really well, and have craziness in my family and other things. And so it makes sense to me that sometimes I'll go outside and the crazy person will just come screaming at me or something. And I'm always calm in these circumstances, and almost even available and welcoming. But sometimes it gets pretty threatening, too, just because craziness is unpredictability.
uh, once a guy was walking down a street swinging a two by four and screaming about some other person. He's just furious at some other person. And I kind of knew that the one way to completely avoid this scenario was to not look him in the eye or not to acknowledge him visibly, just sort of, I was at a bus stop. And so it would have looked very terrible if I suddenly walked away from the guy. Suddenly I would become the one he's screaming about. You know, that's one of the rules of crazy people in that state, not all crazy people. But I just sort of stayed exactly where I was and let him walk right past me to a point where he could probably swap me with the two by four right into the head and that close. But I was just like, I'm not a part of this. The danger here is he was walking behind me, not in front of me. And he walked off and the whole time I had the calm to keep that necessary presentation of posture alive. And the calm was fine. And then I woke up the next day and was dismantled in a really abrupt way where I suddenly realized how much uh, risk I put myself into because, you know, there was a point where he walked right past me swinging the thing and screaming and he could have swung right at the back of my head and killed me immediately. Could have. And that's sort of what decompression happens is you suddenly play the what could have been the worst or what could have happened scenario. And I remember I had like an afternoon or two where I was messed up, but that was a real compressed example of how I deal with moments like that. I'm much calmer during the moment, and then once I'm in the clear, I, uh, I break down a little. And Trump being president, that was a perfect job for him to be an abuser, because you can't get rid of your president out of your mind, out of your daily mind. What a job for him to be abuser-in-chief most protected abuser in the, in the world, really. And with the farthest reach, everyone got abused by him. We all should be able to file a claim <laughs> with the government. Class action suit. I wonder about that. <laughs> so, uh, but, I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm doing good, by the way. It's, it's not like a, it's just, it's funny to realize, and I'm sure that I'm not describing anything that isn't familiar to you. But the point being, if it took me a day to recover from a guy walking uh, behind that back of my head, swinging a two by four, that's one day of recovery for one event. And I wonder if it'll take me around two to four years to recover from the four years of Trump, decompression wise. I don't know the math. But it's one, but uh, at least it'll take me a year to get over it. I know the worst relationships I've had have taken about half a year for every year. So a really bad five-year relationship took about two to three years to recover from. But none of them really got uh, away with as much as Trump did. So this might be new math, new decompression, <laughs> new world. I love all of you <laughs> with our shared experience, our shared villain. So let's talk about something else. Let's distract ourselves through it. But we're all doing it together. We're all recovering together. So uh, for this week, I thought I'd talk about energy or uh, batteries, and I have a reason for it. Uh, I don't like batteries at all. 
Um, I know they're a necessary thing, and I know a lot of gear and things need to be portable. You know, you know our, our uh, cell phones need to be battery-based. Uh, laptops are useful for batteries, but there are so many devices that contain batteries that just sit on a table. LED candles are an example of this. How many of those do you have in your house? Or other things, you know, and other examples that don't need to be free-moving and have a battery, but they have batteries. And these are little bombs we put in our devices, especially if they're alkaline. I don't know if you have ever considered every time you put an alkaline battery in anything, uh, alkaline is the battery that you normally buy, you are making an agreement to check on that battery. <laughs> because if you don't, the leaking and then the powder encrusting just destroys equipment or portable clocks or remote controls to control TVs, other things. There's so many things that we put batteries in that are uh, suddenly obligations or responsibilities. I'll discuss flaws in lithium batteries too. So I want to do a fun little discussion piece on battery eliminators and talk about them. And then the two sides this week will just be Charlie Pickle. I really love the Charlie Pickle story. I hope you've uh, been following it. It is something that was originally a comic but I never really ever got a story going in it. And I knew the story was uh, way, way, way more construction than I was capable of at the time. And I had to learn how to write better. And I think the writing on Charlie Pickle is pretty damn good if I could just talk about that. Uh, the wider story right now has been an arc on the history of Clarence, Texas itself. And that's, of course, Charlie's home city. Yeah, Charlie's, in, in a way, a self-portrait of me in my mid-twenties, and so that's kind of fun. I'm, I'm no longer that person, but uh, every sort of motivation or decision that Charlie makes is in, I, you know, I mean, it's always the case, you know, uh, people are, you know, you always write yourself as a character once or twice, but there is a lot of me and Charlie, so it's fun to do them. Um, and me uh, 20 years ago, so I have a clear view of who I was at the time. An unromantic but uh, affectionate one. So like the daily walks that Charlie has to do and his encounter with the driver is a true story. <laughs> so that was a really fun, fun little moment. Uh, this week, um, You'll hear more, you'll get more details on uh, Charlie by himself, and the second track for side B will be more details on the on the other story, which is the foundational story behind Charlie on the history of Clarence. You'll get one more uh, piece on Sunset Hills. So as we decompress from the great bizarre uh, shared abuse for the entire country. <laughs> and endure the only final threat to uh, the final 10-week uh, tantrum of uh, King Kong as he's forced out of uh, power. I think we all can uh, look forward to a very good emotional relief due to us in January. And maybe uh, this is just a premature decompression. <laughs> You know, 
I'm sorry, honey. I wanted to com uh, decompress with you, but I had a premature decompression in the bathroom. <laughs> that we're only dealing with the uh, decompression right now over just the election. But we still have these 10 weeks where we have to be on guard, and then we have this horrible health crisis that is now completely unmanaged for 10 weeks. That's ridiculous that he could give such a little shit about everybody. All he wants was to, was for other people to vote for him. That's the entire idea behind the Trump presidency is celebrate him. There is nothing he has ever done that isn't based on that, as opposed to being based on caring for the country. You know, if there was an ounce of you that cared for the country, you would be fucking present for the final days during at least this crisis. Like, you know, you know, but he has just been golfing and telling people to fuck off in tweets, wearing his diaper. <laughs> yeah, it's like that old joke, does Donald Trump wear diapers? It depends. It's an undergarment joke. No, it depends on undergarments. But, uh, but, I, but I, I bet he also has couture diapers or whatever you call like hand-tailored diapers. I remember the first time he showed up with his face mask, it fit his face perfectly. And I was like, that motherfucker got it tailored. <laughs> but I mean, it just fit his face. Like it was sprayed on with, uh, like it was, uh, like a mask sprayed on, as, on bo as body paint. I was like, he got a designed, what a, what an asshole, you know? You're finally the American president and you just have to, like, the thing to do is to appear humble because that'll make you so much more powerful. And so if you were to walk out in a 50 cent face mask, the one time you even had to do it, at least that would be like, all right, well, he doesn't need to exert any insecurity to us. <laughs> but instead we get the couture. I'm sorry if I'm misusing couture, I'm not up to speed with fashion terms, but I mean, a, a more expensive uh, custom uh, mask than anybody else. That just screams insecurity, and now he doesn't give a shit about anybody. Because, um, we, you know, it's like a total abusive person. He's like, well, if you don't love me, fuck you, is, is the way that Trump is acting. You don't want me? Deal with your own fucking self. I'm leaving you, and fuck you, he says. If you're like a girlfriend that's breaking up with him. I think that's the way that he's been talking about the election. And then he wants to say, you know, that bitch, that motherfucking bitch, that goddamn election, that bitch, I fucking hate her. But he can't, so he says, you know, that count, that count, that... Sorry about saying bitch as much as I did, but I mean, that's his inclination, that's his desire, is to talk about America, talk about us that way. He wants to go on and say, you you lousy pieces of shit, you're a bunch of shitheads. But he can't cross that one line. So instead he just goes, you know, the rigged election, recount, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, oh my God, it's so painful. So I don't want to talk about that. And yet I continue to talk about that. So I guess it's unraveling out of me, but I don't even know how I'm going to react when he's evicted. <laughs> oh man. How funny would it be if he refuses to leave and he gets arrested? That would be the best for him to leave the White House in symbolic or real handcuffs. That would be crazy. 
That's one narrative that might happen. But let's talk about other things. Let's talk about battery replacers. <laughs> I find you'll, you'll see that to be interesting and maybe even continue this allegory of uh, Trump. We'll do that and then two episodes of uh, Charlie Pickle will round out the show. This is uh, Ethan talking to you from Disattachment uh, Land, <laughs> Decompression section six very very happy and relieved and just i think that's it can't even end this uh introduction i think i'm gonna press stop now and uh we will go on and talk to you about a interesting fully practical topic battery replacers and how they can help you out in a number of ways my id is uh saying uh, hey ethan why don't you press stop now that's what my id is telling me so i like to listen to it so uh hey I'll press stop. I'll press stop. I'll press stop. <laughs>